0: This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: Sorry, what's the uh, what's what's the name? Connor Connor Zeri. Connor Zeri. What number is he? Forty-seven. Connor Zeri, forty-seven. Sixteen minutes, eleven seconds of ice time. 25 shifts, average shift length 38 seconds, one goal, one point, two penalty minutes, dash one, six shots on goal, one missed shot, two giveaways, second star. It's the NHL, he's 22, he has a long way to go. Indulge me off the top of the show. Calgary needs a laugh right now. Another tough loss yesterday, but a better a better effort from the Calgary Flames. They lose to the, uh, to the Dallas Stars. Connor Zeri making headlines with his first career NHL goal, his first shot, his first game in the NHL. And so smile about something, Calgary. Smile about something. We'll talk a little bit more with, about the Calgary Flames here with Elliot Friedman in a couple of moments. Coming up on the program today, uh, you will hear from Tarek El-Bashir on the Washington Capitals without... Nicholas Backstrom. You will hear from Jason York in hour two. We will talk plenty about the Ottawa Senators situation. We will also do that with Elliot here in a couple of moments. Uh, Curtis Pichelka, as well, who covers the San Jose Sharks for the Mercury News, will stop by. Are they going to win a game this year? Are they planning to go over? Are they going to be the the 1974 Washington Capitals all over again? We'll talk about the San Jose Sharks and what's next for them. In the meantime, yesterday, holy smokes, there are press conferences. And then there are Michael and Lauer press conferences. Uh, The news of the day yesterday, uh, Pierre Dorian out as the general manager of the Ottawa Senators. Steve Steyos takes over in an interim capacity. We will speculate on who might go into that spot here in a couple of moments with Elliot. But let's play some of the clips, or should I say some of the hits. You ask any kid in America, what do they want from Marta Music? And they want the hits, the hits, the hits, the hits. And when you're looking for hits in a press conference, uh, if it were an album, that was Thriller yesterday absolutely it was hit single after hit single after hit single let's play a couple of these choice tracks from the thriller press conference with michael and Laura. the first one on them being negligent
2: we were negligent our duty of care was ignored then they go through investigation was it done willfully or, or not and then all of a sudden he said she said i wasn't part of those hearings so i can't really say but at the end of the day we were downright negligent. At the end of the day, if somebody gets a trade, you you include it with the current no trade clause. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's not that complicated.
1: Okay, so we weren't part of the process, but it is our mess-up, and it sounded like very much this was the final straw, um, which sort of sealed the fate for Pierre Dorian as general manager. Uh, Hit number two, we'll call this one Billie Jean. Who knows? Uh, The first-round pick, tough price. Here's Ann Lauer.
2: Yes, I think it's a very strong price to pay, but at the end of the day, this could have all been avoided and it wouldn't have been an issue, but when you do these type of transactions there's 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 a level the competitive level balance changes right if you try to circumvent the cap or you know you, if you're cheating uh it's all about competitiveness so for me i have to respect it um you know internally we're going to look at this or this doesn't happen again what kind what, what kind of processes do we have in place uh there's no you know no finger pointing
1: here There's no finger-pointing, but there's been a dismissal. Uh, Let's get to that now. Uh, Pierre Dorian, now ex of the Ottawa Senators, and lauer encore.
2: And last night, sat down with Pierre and discussed the situation and how serious it was and how I couldn't come with a lesser penalty. And uh, it was decided over dinner that that we best to part ways.
1: Okay, and this is it. This is not just the Thriller song, but the Thriller video as well. Hey, Michael and Lauer, do you think the ruling was fair?
2: That's a question you have to ask the NHL, why it took a, a whole year since the hearing. Granted, it was a two-day hearing, 73-page reports. So it's not something that's just slam dunk. Uh, I you know and the commissioner had a lot of time to deliberate on it and, and, and think about it, but why I inherited this is, is beyond me. Uh, like, uh, there's no reason for it to last that long.
1: Why I inherited this is beyond me. That is the uh, the owner of the Ottawa Senators at uh, a really newsy press conference yesterday uh, with the headline being now Pierre Dorian is ex of the uh, Ottawa Senators, no longer general manager. Uh, Steve Stavros takes on uh, that role in an interim capacity. A lot of speculation about who the full-time general manager will be. Um, And and I think a lot of speculation, too, on now that Pierre Dorian is no longer part of the equation for the Ottawa Senators, does this mean that whatever role Daniel Alfredson is going to have, will this now come into sharper focus? Uh, And here to help uh, to help budge the lens on all of it and sharpen the focus on the situation is Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada. And 32 thoughts. How are you today for each?
0: I'm good, Jeff. How are you doing today?
1: good i was saying if if yesterday's press conference by michael and lauer were a record were an album it was a yeah. thriller because it was <laughs> hit after hit after hit after hit every time he answered a question it was it was it was a tweet storm it was you know trending on twitter and lauer trending uh, i guess if, if you didn't know who michael and lauer was before you certainly know who mike and michael and lauer is now before we get into the specifics just as a general yeah. thought what did you make of that press conference yesterday afternoon? Well,
0: I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" I was sitting there. You know, it's one of those things. Like, I, I you know, we we post we, we get the links from our um, our staff, and uh, well, you have a staff, I don't have a staff, but we get the we get the links oh, yeah. from the people at .ca, and uh, you know, you you click on it, you watch the press conference, and. And and it's almost like you're like, wait a sec, did I, did I hear that right? Like I went, I, like I went back and I watched the whole thing again on YouTube, which I don't do often. Normally I just write down a time and say, okay, just check this clip, make sure you heard this clip right. And that one, like I went back and I watched the whole thing again. And I was just like, oh man, like this is, this is fantastic. You know, you're always, I'm always sitting there on Wednesday. I'm like, oh, I need six more thoughts. And I was like, Thank you, Mike Handelauer, for for writing half my column <laughs> for me. It was it, it was really like you don't hear like I've had I've had owners before talk to me in private and be very blunt, but they're always you know really measured publicly. Like he was, you know, he was like there's there was a, like a couple of people were texting me after and they were they were they were like, oh boy, I can't wait to see what the fallout is from this, Mike. Uh, you know, there were certainly, yeah. few, and some of the clients, some of the things Jeff wasn't what he said. Like it was almost like a secondary sentence. You had to go back and say, "Wait a sec, did I hear that right?"
1: Yeah, and I think what a few. Uh, I mean, I, certainly I was. I would imagine you were uh, as well. We don't hear owners specifically. I mean I want to say new owner but technically that's not true because he was a minority owner with the Montreal Canadiens but yeah. as far as you know majority ownership goes we don't hear owners talk about the NHL like this and wonder why well, you know why the this punishment is being levied against them like there were a couple of moments where I thought ooh man direct shot at the NHL and my first thought is oh does the NHL finally have its Mark Cuban um do you think no, that there I I mean, think think if, if you're, you're the NHL you're yeah what Really? Okay, why? Well,
0: I, I just don't think, like, like, Mark Cuban was a guy who, who really loved, the, he really loves the attention, right? Like he's very good for the NBA, but he loves being out there. And, and he seeks it out. Like, you know, if, it's, if it comes his way, that's great, but he's going to go look for it. Um, you know, and Lauer, you know, I've dealt with him a bit over the years. Um, you know, he's not a guy who seeks it out. Um, There have been many times over the years where I've reached out to ask him something and I won't get a response and it's not like he's being rude or anything. He just prefers not to, he he just doesn't seek out the attention in a way that a a Mark Cuban would. Um, I I think yesterday was a unique situation because look, like if if you think about it, and this is why I thought what Steve Stato said about calming the waters was, was very important Look at everything that's happened in Ottawa in the last month or so. Like, it's been a lot. Yep. And I think his frustration just boiled over with everything. And and I'll say this. Like, I don't think – I've thought about this a lot more this morning, Jeff. I don't think yesterday mm-hmm. was solely about Bettman and the league. I think he's mad at the Senators, the previous ownership, too, or the previous regime there. Like he was convinced. Like one of the things that got kind of misinterpreted in the aftermath of yesterday's press conference was, it's true he didn't know about the Pinto investigation, but he did know about the Dodonov thing. The issue he made very clear, and i I made sure to I made sure on this one, um, uh, is that apparently what what someone told me is. He was mad that when he was doing the due diligence for the sale, he said, this, the Donoff thing, is this going to be a problem? And while he's upset at the NHL for taking as long as they did, he's also upset at the senators, whether it was ownership or management or whoever it was, the people in charge of the sale for telling him it wasn't a big deal. Like he says at one point, is a first-round pick a big deal to you? Because it is to me. So I don't think he's just mad Mm -hmm. at the league. I think he's mad at the people. When he was doing his due diligence, he said, okay, there's this thing here. How bad is it? And he was told, ah, it's not that bad. Turned out to be pretty bad. Yeah.
1: Well, he made a reference about two teams wanting their pound of flesh. So yes. I would like to extend that to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks here as well through yep. all of it. So I don't think that it's just a previous management. I don't expect to see many transactions between Ottawa, Vegas, or Ottawa and Anaheim agree or disagree. Well,
0: I think that's probably true. I mean, you know, the, uh, there's no question, and I, and, I, and I say this about myself, I missed the Anaheim part of this. I knew about the Vegas part of it. I think we all knew about the Vegas part of it, uh, but yeah. you know, the the I, like, the, we knew they were mad and they were mad. Um, the The Anaheim part we didn't see, um, you know. And, and this is why I think, like, someone explained this to me yesterday. If you go back and you look at the trade, it's the Donov and a conditional second rounder. For John Moore and Ryan Kessler who wasn't playing at the time and yeah. so Anaheim argued hey like we were due a second rounder for this that we didn't get mm-hmm. and they they basically said that was important to them you know Anaheim they're they're I mean they're on a tear all of a sudden but they're a they're a rebuilding team and they want lottery tickets and they and so when I heard that, I really thought that the punishment was going to be a second rounder. And, um, but, you know, the one thing I asked, why the first rounder, why the first rounder? And I just got told, in situations like that, if Batman or the league ever calls you in, you're, you can't, your only option is to treat it seriously and say everything. Like, apparently, one of the things that they make clear is you better tell us everything because if we find out you don't or we find out we're not told the truth, we're going to be mad. Mm -hmm. And there's a few people who believe something along those lines happened here, although they won't tell me what it was.
1: I'll tell you what, at the the next meeting, I don't know who does... uh... I don't know who sets up the tables, but please, whoever does, can you please put Bill Foley, Henry Samueli, and Michael Lauer at the same table and turn <laughs> the cameras on, Elliot? Please. Turn the, the alphabet, cameras on, the yeah. alphabet okay.
0: doesn't help us in this game, Jeff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, um, Pierre Dorian is out as General Manager, Steve Staos um, uh, remains as an interim uh, ca- an interim capacity as they, they begin their GM uh, hunt. Uh, a number of names will pop up, I mean Peter Shirelli's name is, is there, um, yeah. he's been with Ottawa before, the Senators before Boston and uh, from the area, etc. Um, Matthew Darsh is someone that uh, you've talked about, written about uh, as well at, at uh, the 32 Thoughts blog. Um, if you're throwing darts here, where is it landing for you and Ottawa? I would have to. I would imagine that ideally they would want someone who is bilingual, knowing how much the cross-border traffic and business is very important to the sands.
0: Yeah, I would. I would think that is true too. I think that's definitely a thing. Um, you know, uh, like the the one thing is, and this, and I think I have a pretty good handle on this. Pierre Dorian was supposed to do this year. Like, I really think, you know, Ann Lauer has told people before he likes the setup in Montreal. He likes the Gordon Hughes setup with two people. And basically, that's the way it works in Vegas, too. It's, you know, it's McPhee, McCrimmon, two people in charge. And he likes that. And his whole plan this year was Steos Dorian, unless anything... Came up and ended that, and this did. So Ottawa was not expecting to do a search right now, and so that's where we are. We I, I like put it this way: I do think Darsh is, is a very legitimate name. Um, he like he, Ann Lauer when, when Montreal was doing the interviews where they eventually hired Hughes, Ann Lauer was on those calls and in those zooms. He participated. And he saw Darsh interviewed, and, and, you know, people have told me it was a good interview. So um, I think he's going to be a name in there. Um, But I think this is going to be a bigger search. Um, They have time. They're not going to rush it. And, Jeff, if there's one thing you and I both know here, there's going to be a lot of interest in this job. For one thing, it's one of three two. Oh, yeah. For another thing, yeah. it's a team on the rise. Like and and you know like all a lot of their key players are signed. Like you don't have, I mean you've got to sort you've got to sort out the Pinto thing when the time comes. But Chuck is signed, Norris is signed, Sanderson is signed, Chabot signed. Like you know a, a lot of the key guys, Stutzla is signed. Like a lot of the, your core is together for a long time. So we'll see who comes out of the woodwork.
1: I've, I've never forgotten a conversation that I had with someone who, uh, who, who joined a team while they were at the top of their winning cycle, not the bottom. This person said to me, when do you ever uh, in management get to join a team when they're good? Like you don't. Like, yeah. the reasons GMs get fired is the team is bad and you're starting from the bottom. Now, Ottawa still isn't a consistent playoff team, but we all know where this thing is headed. To your point, when do you get to join a team? It's a really great, it's a really great spot for yeah. someone. When do you get to join a team as a manager when they're good? That seldom happens, Elliot. And you, I mean, you yeah, know that, that better than true. I do. That seldom happens. It's a plum job. It's a plum job.
0: Actually, and the other thing, too, is it should be said that Antlauer has a really good rep. Like, he's been around the NHL for a while. He's been around the American Hockey League for a while. He's been around the OHL for a while. Like, people do their research, Mm -hmm. and he's got a good rep as a guy to work for.
1: Um, also yesterday, there was the, the talk about DJ Smith and how he's safe and the players yep. like him and react well to him, et cetera. Uh, we'll see where that one heads as well. Um, but for right now, and there will be more on Ottawa inevitably, but um, that's the story as it exists right now. Later on, you and I will do a podcast. If there's new information and other information, other perspective, We'll uh, we'll certainly put it on there. Uh, In the meantime, the Calgary Flames have now lost five in a row. Now, a much better effort against Dallas last night. Uh, They fired, I think it was 46 shots on on Jake Ottinger. Connor Zeri with his his first career goal in his first career game was uh, a really nice story there. I mean, Ottinger was the story uh, of that game. Uh, You write about Hannafin's decision to pause contract negotiations. Eric Francis on Tuesday had the piece about how the Flames have ceased conversations right now as they... You know, maybe think re- rethink the idea of doubling down on something that's not working right now. Uh, are we now like day to day with the Calgary Flames on their decision ultimately?
0: I, I don't know if "day to day" is the right word. First of all, not only did Zari have that goal, but he also had that great rush in the uh, uh, later in yeah. the game, almost like almost an end I mean, that guy looks like a player. He's a, um,
1: it's, a close, it's, it's a close. It's it's hang on. It's a cl- it's it's a close game, and he's on the ice like every time I looked up. It's, incredible. it's like five minutes left, and Connor Zaire's on the ice. I'm like, wow, Ryan Huska's got a lot of faith in this kid already.
0: Well, and the other thing I liked about that, too, is that I um, mean, you know, Coffee, Paul Coffee was on in the booth the other day. He talked about how the coach controls your ice time and you control your efforts. So, as you know, yesterday, yeah. uh, Jeff, Bob Knight passed away, the, the basketball coach from Indiana. Yep. And there's a video circulating today that was, it's right up that right up that alley. Like he talks about the biggest motivator is ass meets bench because ass communicates the brain brain communicates the player player gets off his ass and then goes, works hard or something like that, or plays hard. Um, and like, like to me, that's the way, that's the way that is true. And Simpson, Craig Simpson talks about that all the time. Like the coach's biggest weapon is ice time. Like you look at that last night and Zari's on the ice in the big moments. And you know, who didn't play the last 90 seconds. Now I, I think this, this whole thing with Huberto is, it, it, to me is really interesting because look, like, you know, the one thing you can't do if you're the flames is you can't throw up your hands and say, this is not going to work. Like that's not an option. We're in year one of an eight year deal. It's just absolutely not an option. So, Like, I have heard that one of the things they're talking about is what do we need either in terms of what we have here or we have to go out and get that can help Huberto? And, you know, some of that's on Huberto too. Like, he has to, you know, he has to play hard. Um, You know, one of the biggest things I think with Huberto that's a big challenge in these situations is he's got, it's like he's one of those guys that doesn't, He's not a fire breather, right? Like, he's not going all around the ice like Lucic or Messier to kill yep. people. But he has to play hard. He has to, he has to give them more than he's got. But I just think the one of the things the Flames are really talking about here is, what do we have to do to make this work for him? And that's the only way you can approach it. You can't throw up your hands and give up and say, this is not going to work. Like, this is a, a long-time marriage here uh so you better find mm-hmm. ways
1: to to get along there's about 5 or 6 minutes left in the f- in the third uh huberto coming down the right side cut to the middle really bad turnover uh, i wonder if that was the final straw for for ryan last night you know the the one name the, the the one name that i'm thinking about here and i'm i'm sure you've thought about it we've talked about it on the podcast um maybe that winger who's in san jose who used to play with him in florida elliot
0: Oh, that's an interesting one.
1: Anthony DeClaire. I mean, it worked before.
0: There was a time I really thought that... Uh, I think the Fl- I You know what, Jeff? That's, that's, a, that's a really good one. Because uh, I think the Flames talked to the Panthers about DeClaire last year. Remember when the Panthers had mm-hmm. some injury issues and and they were going to have to... Act- yep. They had cap issues and they were going to have to activate DeClaire and they weren't sure they could do it. Uh, I think the Flames talked... Yeah, you know, Jeff, like... You're not always that smart, but you are in the last 15
1: seconds. <laughs> blind, blind squirrel finds a nut. Okay, so one of the things you write about at 32 Thoughts, uh, which published in the wee hours of the morning uh, at sportsnet.ca, 52 penalty shots all last season, 13 already in October, which I think we all looked at and said, hmm, so the NHL is putting a premium now on penalty shots. That is an interesting stat as snapshot yeah. right now of where we are with the game let me give you another one okay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run down some names here and I want you to tell me what's missing okay, okay? Yeah. These, are the, these are the top 10 scores in the NHL Jack Hughes Elias Pedersen Artemi Panarin Dylan Larkin Jesper Bratt Miko Rantanen David Pasternak Leon Dreisaitl William Nylander JT Miller what's Canadian? missing Canadians highest scoring Canadian is John Tavares with 12 points tied with Mason McTavish. Now there's never been at season. There's never been at season's end. I checked this with Steve Fallon at Sportsnet stats. There's never been at the end of a season, a top three that doesn't have a Canadian in it. But right now the top 10 scorers in the NHL, no Canada represented anywhere. Again, we're only nine, ten games into the season, but it is interesting to see all this talk about our game. We don't have one player in the top now. There's the mitigating factor with Conor McDavid, certainly, and other players, but it is sort of jarring to look at and said no Canadians. A summit national (laughs) inquest. That's
0: interesting. I hadn't seen
1: that. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I was looking at it last night. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see what happens here today. If any Canadian sneaks into the top 10, nope, not a chance. Uh, Canada not represented in the top 10 uh, at all. So where, um, knowing um, that, where things. do
0: you think McDavid ends up?
1: Yes. I still think McDavid can end up number one. Yeah. I still think he, I, I still think that he he ends up first, but I think that Jack Hughes is going to give him a serious run for it, and I'm here well, for all of if that. Especially if their Hughes power is play seems he, going at 42, then yes, well,
0: there. yeah,
1: I don't. Uh, I, I don't know that that power play is going to stay at those at, at the rarefied air that it's at right now. But nonetheless, Devils are, are a lot of fun. I'm happy for Leah's Pedersen. Nice to see our Artemi Panarin uh, come back. The Larkin, Debrinkit. And Debrinkit's just on the outside, too. Like Debrinkit's at 11. Kevin Fiala's at 12. Like, this is, we're going deep. We're getting to 13 until we see a Canadian here. And then we go John Tavares, Mason McTavish, and Sam, Sam Reinhardt to try to bring some dignity to our country, Elliot. Yes, yeah, so um, really quick, you're, 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 uh, what? Really quick, I'm going to talk to Tarek Al bashir a little bit more about this in a second. But what happens yeah. with the Caps now? Uh, no Nicholas Backstrom. We know they have players to activate. You know, Max Pacioretty being uh, top of that list. What happens now with the Caps
0: well, just after making a couple of calls on it yesterday, it's clear that this has been bubbling under the surface for a while. Um, I, I think these are really, really difficult situations. Um, you know if the, if, the, if the actually, the capitals have recovered. They had a good week last week when it really looked like it was going off the rails. But I mean, at, at the very least here. The Capitals are doing a bit of a retool. They need to get faster. Um, You know, you look at Nicholas Backstrom. He's, I mean, how much pride do you have to have not only to be the player he is, but also come back from hip resurfacing in your mid-30s? Like, here's a guy that really cares. He's a really proud guy. And if you're the Capitals, you're sitting there and saying, man, this." This isn't working. Um, we're a little bit slow. Michael needs to play center. Uh, he's off the first power play. And, like, the, the toughest thing to do, Jeff, sometimes is to have a legendary player and an organization write an exit. Even players as great as Nicholas Backstrom yeah. are don't often get to call their own shots. And, the one thing I kind of realized here is I think this has been a very challenging dance for the player in the organization because of the respect he's earned and deserved, but also the understanding of the changes they need to make. And I think this has been really hard. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I wish them all the best. I don't know what the future is here. The Capitals could also use the cap room too, but This is another one of those stories where you get reminded that as great as you are, you don't often get to call your own shot. And those are tough things for people and organizations to go through.
1: You have a hot 30 on the Anaheim Ducks. They've now won five in a row. Frank Fertrano, every time he touches the puck, a red light goes up. They beat Arizona 4-3. to three. Troy Terry with the hat trick. He's the star. Every Lucas Dostal is named Rookie of the Month. Don't look now, but maybe a goaltender is going to win uh, the Calder Trophy or at least be in the conversation. You have a hot 30 on the Ducks.
0: You know, I would just say, number one, uh, they're playing great. I give them a lot of credit because nobody saw this coming. But number two, and this is... The only time in the history of this show that, Jeff, I will give you credit twice on one segment, Ooh. but nobody has been more on top of it than you have. That The best rivalry that nobody's aware of in the NHL is Anaheim Arizona. That game last 100%. night was a great hockey yep. game. Great hockey game.
1: It used to be stay up for your Los Angeles Anaheim games. Now it's Anaheim in Arizona. Last night was a beauty, four three in OT. As I mentioned, Troy Terry the star there. All right, you get a breath and then you get to talk to me again later on when we do a podcast. So you get a you get a double Merrick day. I know you're really happy about that, Elliot. Yeah, well, I,
0: that's what happens when I pay it to Pablo and I get stuck <laughs> talking to you
1: for longer. <laughs> okay, work spouse. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your afternoon. We'll talk later to podcast. You too, the podcast. Bud. Thank you, Eddie. Elliot Friedman from uh, Hockey Night in Canada, 32 Thoughts, uh, with the latest one available right now at sportsnet.ca.